I think that we're playing uh, good team ball. Um, after each game, there's obviously areas to clean up. Um, but I think, you know, we believe in each other and we're confident. And, um, we'll see where we go. So. Yeah, it's definitely a good step in the right direction for what we want to do this year. Um, we just can't get complacent because we have so much more to go. Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully at least you know, 10, 11, 12 more games. So um, we have so much more to do. Yeah, very thankful. Um, you know, this is the third one in five years, uh, an ACC regular season championship, and that's not lost on me or um, all the players that I've been blessed to coach and in this group. Um, I told them, you know, you're, you're trying to do something special, and it's not going to be handed to you. Welcome, everyone, to the CavsCorner.com podcast. CavsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Coming to you live from the place of Franklin Estates in the west end of Richmond. A little bit different uh, intro this week. Decided to, to get a little fancy. Hopefully it didn't suck. Uh, that was Isaiah Wilkins, Ty Jerome, and one uh, Anthony Bennett talking to you from, uh, from the past. Um, quotes from uh, um, following last night's um, uh, 65-54 win over Georgia Tech as the Cavaliers clinched, as Tony said, uh, it, their third regular season, at least a share, at least of their third regular season crown in five years. Um, plenty to talk about, obviously, coming out of that game. A, a, a game that was much closer than Vegas thought, much closer than any of us thought. Um, who knew Ben Lammers had Dirk Nowitzki in his blood? Um, but I, I think that's a, um, you know, that's a, a kind of a glimpse of maybe what Georgia Tech could have been this year had everybody stayed healthy, including Lammers, who apparently told Josh Pastner last night before the game, I, I feel great and as good as he's felt since the um, team opened the season in Japan or in China, one of those Asian countries that I'm not familiar with off the top of my head. Anyway, let's go around and introduce everybody um, before we get started talking about ACC hoops and the NCAA tournament. Up in Fishersville, David Spence is on the show. How are you doing, my friend? Just fine, Brad. Thanks for asking. Who Dave's on the board at Who Dave's on Twitter. And up in Arlington, staff writer Justin Ferber's also on the show. How are you, buddy? Just biding my time till March, Brad. <laughs> at, under, at Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. <laughs> at underscore. And Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for our in-game updates, content items, and the occasional Woody banter. So I want to get some general reflections on last night's win. Obviously not the blowout uh, that many of us expected certainly wasn't a pretty game uh, in spots Cavaliers did I, I never really felt nervous um, for my own sanity in terms of you know them losing a game to Georgia Tech and the message board imploding I never really I, I never really felt that stress sort of take 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 me over I, I did sort of think that um, I did sort of think that Virginia could have played markedly better um and gotten that blowout, but also the the Hoos could have played a lot worse. Dave, we'll start with you. What what's your general sort of sense after that game? How did you feel? Um, and and sort of where's your mind now a day after? Hey, stepping away from that game in particular, like the game itself, Virginia just rocked, wrapped up the one seed in the ACC tourney, and like like to be honest, like this is just feels like another podcast. Like that's how good we are. <laughs> that's how good it's been the last few years. Like I feel like you know. Think five years ago, the the concept of that Virginia locking up the one seed with any point in the season, much less games ago, this would have been like, holy crap! Let's talk about this. Can you believe it? And now we we come to expect it. So I, I think we we owe the the old uh, ball coach a little bit for that. Um, the game itself, you know, the team looked rusty. You know, I think it's human nature when you when you have a layoff like that to be a little rusty. And then look, no one really thought Georgia Tech had a chance in that game. Um, so, I mean, just human nature, like I say, you, know, you come in a little rusty and not motivated like you should be just because the opponent's probably not up to the caliber where you're really concerned about them, and you kind of get what we saw in that first half. But, you know, they ended up winning by 11. Um, it felt a lot better if they'd have been up by 20 and kind of coasted to an 11-point lead, but a win's a win in this conference. So I guess we'll just take that one seed and move on. What about you, Ferber? What, what's your, your general sense coming out of that uh... – out of that game, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think I agree. I think they could have played better, but I didn't. Nothing really stood out to me as a glaring issue or weakness that they that they showed. Uh, I mean, simply put, Georgia Tech just made more shots than I thought they would make. Um, Lammers had a bunch of at least semi-contested jumpers that he hit. Um, Jackson obviously got hot 
uh, at, at points in the game. And he did that in the first game, too. I think he led them in scoring. Um, I thought that they did a pretty good job on Akogi. I mean, he didn't really get anything going. Um, and, you know, I, I think they just they played a little over their heads, honestly, um, or a little better than they have of late. And I think they deserve some credit, um, especially in the first half. I thought that the offense that they were running was, was effective. Um, you know, they did a lot of good actions to get, um, guys open on the perimeter and, and that worked out. But, uh, over the long run, obviously they probably didn't have much of a chance to win the game, but, um, I, I think UVA played well in the second half and eventually they got those stops. It seemed like Georgia Tech kind of ran out of gas, but kind of echoing what Brad or uh, what Dave said, you know, it, it's just another win and a string of wins and, you know, you're happy to have it. Could they have played better? Sure. Could they have played worse? Yeah. Um, but you know, after eight days, you kind of have to take that into consideration as well. I didn't feel like they were shooting the ball like they looked rusty or anything like that, but it always takes a little while to kind of get back in the groove of things, and I think that might have been the case on the defensive end uh, last night. Plus, I thought, too, the the action that, that Georgia Tech was running with, with Lammers, because it would sort of, the way that they were doing stuff in the lane, it sort of used the pack line against itself. Um, I forget who asked Tony the question about it, but it was I think it was the second or third question he got last night. And he, he, you could almost see he was he was ready to to to, to jump on it because he it was obviously something that was bugging him. It was something clearly he was focused on. I thought the the move to put Diakite in, I think, showed just the difference in terms of athleticism and what um uh, what that what Virginia is like when that five spot is somebody in in that Akeel Mitchell vibe. Not and I don't say that to diminish Jack Salt's contributions. I mean. <laughs> How weird is this to say? His offense early carried UVA, um, but it did. I mean, he, he was he was exactly what they needed earlier in that game. Um, but but because of Diakite's length and his athleticism, um, he was able to maybe defend and and recover uh, in some spots maybe where Salt and even Isaiah Wilkins weren't able to. Um, I, I thought I kind of agree like with what Ferber just saying like could have played better, could have played worse. It's one of those things too. I've mentioned this on the podcast before about how like anything, you know, anything like LeBron James does is like uh, some sort of like um um some sort of like um what's the word I'm looking for? Um some sort of d- decision so to speak, right? It's some sort of like uh what there's a word that I'm struggling with and it's really sad that this is actually recorded live. You not, mean like a statement or something? Yeah, like a state, not requiem. What's the what's the word? Not memorandum. Oh, what's it called? Wow, this isn't this is compelling. Anyway, the great idea. Great radio, Brad. Great, great radio. and a great audio. Um. Anyway, the idea is that like basically, um, I keep want to say moratorium, but that's not the word. You're all listening to this, and you know the word, and you can't help me on this island that I've now created for myself. Anyway, the idea that like everything he does is some sort of. Um, referendum referendum there's the word Woo! Ferber from the from the back of the house um some sort of referendum on like everything he does what I feel like in a lot of ways um folks who who are now I, I don't know if it comes with you know the success Virginia's had or what and this is not just like a Virginia fan thing like everybody like everything is like a some sort of referendum on the entire program right so like they struggle a little bit with Georgia Tech uh, in the first half um, which, for the record, Georgia Tech led for three minutes and sixteen seconds of that game. So let's let's woe up the outrage train. But it 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 becomes like a you know up oh, mm, mm-hmm, you know, and I, I'm not saying that that's necessarily wrong. It just doesn't seem right, you know. Like it, the end result was Virginia won by double digits. What's the you know what's the what's the issue? I I, I understand that they were sixteen point favorites. What did they go off as? Uh, last night, what were the fifteen and a half? Fifteen and a half. Close. So, I understand that they, sh- the, you know, in the eyes of pretty much everyone, that game shouldn't have been close. But uh, at the same time, like, isn't the bottom line to win the game? Like, you know, I mean, style points and stuff are nice, and it's great to to have games. Certainly, for those of us who own websites with message boards, it's great to have games that there is no stress. I, I just didn't. I, I guess I came out of that game thinking. Um, after a week-long layoff, it was good to see Ty Jerome hitting some shots. Uh, he scored 18, was 5-9 from the floor, 4-6 from 3. Um, he, he, I thought the Cavaliers – the difference for me in the game, honestly, was even though 
even though um, Virginia played pretty well offensively in spots, they just weren't getting as many turnovers and points off turnovers as they normally get. Um, Georgia Tech only turned it over six times. Virginia only scored nine points off of them. I mean, normally those numbers are a little bit um, more inflated. And so last night, um, you know, they had to do a little bit more. And that's good. I, I think actually that's a good thing. Um, and look, we all know the cliche, you know, you're going to get every team's best shot. And uh, and that's very true. Um, but ultimately, I think it was just sort of a, like Dave said, it's a ho-hum game that gives you another ACC regular season title and nobody really bats an eye. I think that's sort of a an indication. Or that's a referendum, if you will, on where the program is that, like Dave said, you know, the team, they want to, they want something important and it, it's not going to get, you know, really any sort of, um, any sort of burn. Yeah. I mean, think back to when they beat, when they beat Syracuse to clinch the regular season, what was that 2013, 14, like that atmosphere, <laughs> like, you know, it, watching it at home, being there. I mean, it's just so crazy. And last night it was just kind of like, Oh yeah, I, we did clinch the one seed. Um, I mean, I think it would be, you, you guys kind of hit on it, but look, Georgia Tech played a heck of a game, and um, I'm not a big Passner fan, but he coached his tail off last night. Um, you know, they were changing defenses often. They were running really good uh, offense, and he used his timeout to protect his short bench very well. Um, I mean, he caught a couple of timeouts right before TV timeouts to get that extra, you know, that extra energy uh, for his guys. Because, look, Lambers looked like he was about to pass out at the beginning of the second half, and he somehow made it the whole game because of it. So yeah, they deserve some credit, too. I mean, I, I, yeah, I kind of – I just wanted to echo what you said. I always kind of thought when he was at Memphis that Passner was like a guy that could recruit but couldn't coach. He can coach. He can definitely coach. I mean, they haven't – it hasn't translated to wins, but they've played UVA, I think, three times now since they joined the ACC. And, you know, last year the game was pretty competitive up in Charlottesville, and, and I was kind of blown away by how hard he got the guys to play. And he got them to play hard last night, and he got them to play pretty hard for a while when they played in Atlanta. And obviously it hasn't really translated to success, and he's got his own off-the-court stuff going on, but he's been pretty impressive to me uh, since he joined the ACC, you know, considering what he has to work with. And how many games is AD expected? Yeah, less than less than he's won. We couldn't let that go. <laughs> yeah. I think the the thing about Pastor that impressed me last night was not so much just I thought his defense was actually pretty prepared for UVA. Honestly, um, now the Virginia went inside, inside, inside like spoon feeding uh, the post. Which I mean, hey, it was a nice welcome departure. Um, I, I think that I still come down on the idea that while I don't think Virginia should take thirty eight threes, if 38 threes are the right shots and 38 threes are the right shots. And granted, not many games are 38 threes going to be the right shot. But I, I, I thought um, Virginia did a really nice job of of um, of getting in the post. Um, you know, the defense, I thought, was not nearly – it wasn't nearly as bad as some of the efficiency numbers that Georgia Tech had early would seem to suggest. I, I just think Georgia Tech was, was really executing well. Um you know, a couple of those slips, I mean, like literally the dude had to be in the – the only place that, that the play would work is in the exact place he was. You know what I mean? So it, it, they, they were really doing a nice job of taking care of the little things. Um, I, I think overall, um, Pastor impressed me this season. Um, I, I wasn't I, – I don't know I, the timeout thing. I, I thought they would have been better off not to double up those unders. He was calling it close so that he could go ahead and he could like dictate when the under came, um, which I get. And to some extent, that's admirable, right? But at the same time, he essentially cost himself two extra timeouts by calling his own timeouts at the under. Um, it would have made more sense to me to have the under and then call the timeout and get, you know what I mean? Now, granted, he, he, he was able to turn a 30-second timeout into a full timeout because it became a media timeout. That was a lot of timeouts. Um, but I, I just thought that calling him early cost him extra breaks, whereas he would have had those breaks had he, uh, I, had he you know let it ride a little bit. And I get and I get it. Like yeah, he was doing he, it because he he was yeah. trying to dictate when they came. But to me, I just thought he'd been better off waiting. Yeah, I mean, I thought he did. Like he got Lammers a little bit of like Lammers rest was around those. So even though Lammers played thirty nine minutes, he got an ex- he got more than a minute of game rest. Because he set him down for, I think it was the first timeout or the second timeout of the second half. He set Lambers at that timeout right before the media timeout. So he got 
two rest periods without missing much game time. So I understood what he was doing. I mean, it almost worked. So. Yeah, and 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 I think people him. also too just <laughs> folks might not necessarily know this, but the way the rules are set up, um, the in the second half, the first called timeout becomes a full timeout, and then if it if even if it comes um, if it comes close to the under sixteen, and then the next dead ball is the under sixteen, and then for all of the subsequent unders, um, after that first called timeout, any timeout taken within thirty seconds of what would be the under you know twelve six excuse me twelve eight and four. Any timeout call within 30 seconds, even if it's, you know, that's why last night it was like, well, the under eight came at like 8.06 or something. Um, to me, it would have been, I almost wondered what he should have done would be to basically to, to, to wait for the under and then call another timeout. You know what I mean? Like while the, you know what I'm saying? To basically get two for the price of one. And in effect, what he did was he used one and, and, and he paid two for it. Um, but in big scheme of things, obviously, it's not a big deal. Um, but I did, I did think that the, the strategy, at least, to, to do it the way he did it, got to give him props for that. Um, before we sort of start looking at the ACC as a whole, I want to talk a little bit about sort of um, what, is, what is left for this team now that they're the number one seed in the tournament. Obviously, they, they win another game. Ferber is our guy on this. They win one more game. The Cavaliers, no, no sharing of the ACC uh, regular season title, am I correct? No sharing. That's correct. Okay, so it's hard for it. It's hard for them to share with a team that has more losses than they do. Typically, that's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> for some reason, like this stuff it baffles me. It's like it's like, and actually, Ferber and I are a really good team on that front because you're you're really good at all the things I'm really bad at. Like when it comes to like schedules and TV, uh, like when when teams are going to play on TV and stuff. Like that's that's Ferber's jam. Um, so they win one more game. They 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 lock it up for themselves. Um, Pitt on Saturday. Uh, I think we all sort of expect um, a blowout there. Um, Pitt is now currently zero and sixteen. Um, <laughs> it would be the most Virginia thing ever. How how do with these last three games remaining, uh, Dave? How do you feel like the Cavaliers should approach these? Um, should they go for? I mean, I know you're going to say they you, they should go for 17 and one, but should they go for 17 and one? Should they try to get back up some minutes? What's your what's your thought process? I don't. Know, I mean, look if someone's like got an injury or doesn't feel well, like you know, fine. Get you know, once you you got the one seed locked up, maybe maybe you let you know Marco get some minutes or something, you know, or even Jay get in there a little bit, um, but. Like otherwise, you play. I mean, you want to keep rolling. Um, rust is not a good thing, and like these are athletes playing every three days. Like it, it's what they do. Um, it's not like they're sitting on their couch for three days between the games, having to rest up. You know, they're they're practicing in between. They're going to be working. You might as well be playing. So, for me, I'm running my normal stuff unless someone gets ill or gets a little dinged up. Um, maybe depending on what's going on with the Notre Dame game, you can play around a little bit more. Uh, but I think at Pitt, obviously, you, you want to get the – go ahead and rock, rock – uh, excuse me, learn to talk evidently. Go ahead and wrap up the um, the outright. And then at Louisville, I think, just think it's a good environment. Why why mess up what you've worked all season? Um, and then Notre Dame, who knows what they are. They might have Colson back. They might not. You know, They've got some injuries. So I, I'm not a big fan of messing up what you're doing. Um, heading into the postseason, I think rhythm and and consistency is much more important. Um, but as far as like, yeah, I'd like to see Virginia go seventeen to one. I mean, we've talked about it. Uh, I don't know if we want to talk about it tonight, but yeah, it would be like one of the most historic seasons in ACC history. Um, so yeah, I'd like to see that. It's kind of a big deal to me. What do you think, Ferber? Yeah, I mean uh, th- that's all well and good. Um, I agree that it would be cool for the team to go 17 and one. That's as good as they can do now. Um, and I think it's there. I mean, for them, if they, if they can play well at Louisville and, and finish strong against Notre Dame. But I mean, even besides that, I think more importantly, I agree with everything Dave just said. If somebody is banged up, this is the time to get them some rest. doesn't even matter if it's against Pitt or Louisville or whatever, but it doesn't seem like that's, you know, a problem right now. Um, but 
you can't, well, for one, you can't afford to lose to Pitt. I mean, ACC regular season, all that stuff aside, that's going to, that's going to be a balloon. Like it's just going to weigh your resume down. Like, um, and then it gets people second guessing you, but obviously we don't expect that to happen. Um, but you know, like you can't just not play your guys in that game. Like you have to go win the game. Um, and then Louisville and Notre Dame, while those wouldn't necessarily be bad losses, um, UVA could probably take another loss and, and be safe on the one line, but you take two more, you're, you know, you're playing with fire, especially with Duke coming on strong now um, with a good resume. Carolina, I mean, I don't think they're in the one-seed conversation, but they're coming on strong. Um, you have Kansas playing extremely well right now. Um, Villanova is, is healthy now, and they're going to get back. So I think that if your goals are to get the one-seed and, and maybe even the number one overall seed, I think you have to keep playing. And uh, there's no reason to kind of rock any boats or – and and you get time. I mean, the games that really matter, like we've we've talked about this, but you know, obviously it'd be cool to go seventeen and one. But the games that will determine a big portion, at least, of how good the season ends up being, are going to be played next month. So you know, at, between the Notre Dame game and your ACC tournament opener, you get Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off. Obviously, there's some traveling in there. Um, and then after the ACC tournament, you get three or four more days off before you go play. Um, in a in the NCAA, so I mean, there's plenty of rest available, and I'm, I don't think that's a huge factor going into the postseason for this team. But um, there's no reason for them to not just play this out, like you know, like they need the wins. I think too, the thing that that struck me, I, I thought Tony's initial uh, substitution patterns early last night seemed to imply that that he's not necessarily going to not play his dudes, but he's certainly going to uh, give them some. Um, some rest maybe in spots where he might normally ride them. Um, for example, like last night, Nigel Johnson was in the game before DeAndre Hunter. Um, and I thought Virginia X had a nice little, uh, you know, seemed like a little a nice little um, ebb and flow to guys coming and going. Um, I definitely think you're going to see that against Pittsburgh. I think you're going to see them come out, hope to build a big lead, uh, and then sort of get guys some burn. Uh, I think – Mamdi Diakite, I, I think Virginia benefits from DeAndre Hunter and Mamdi Diakite playing more minutes. Um, I, I think Virginia's best team is it's more is when the Cavaliers are more athletic. Um, I, I thought getting Ty Jerome back into his normal flow was good last night. I thought um, Kyle Guy ended up what two of four from three, three of eight from the floor. Um, you know, not, he played thirty five minutes. He he probably could have played. 31 you know what I mean so I think you can you can kind of probably bank on Tony doing some some um massaging with the minutes but at the same time you're right you don't want to you don't want to go in rusty um so what you're you're trying to find this balance which I think you sort of let the game dictate I think you let the game say whether or not um you know guys need to be playing or not um you can't really be uber focused uh you know trying to um you know, trying so hard to stick to a to a to a minute um, plan that you you know you sort of lose track of the game itself. I agree, seventeen one. It would be uh, impressive. Dave's research indicates that the last team to win the ACC by three games or more was in ninety eight ninety nine. Am I correct, Dave? Ninety nine two thousand. Yeah. Ninety nine two thousand. Same team so. back to back. Okay, so basically, no, they didn't do it in ninety eight, ninety nine. They did it ninety nine, two thousand. Yeah. Okay, ninety nine, two thousand. So essentially, something that basically has only been done for like half of half of the century, right? Yeah. Um, and then before that year, the ninety one, ninety two team. Uh, yes, I believe that's right. And then Carolina in eighty six, eighty seven. So three times in the past what thirty plus years. For a team to win the league, by so I mean you're talking about some a, a, a historic sort of deal. And I made this joke on on Twitter the other day in a response to uh, Joe Ovi's from um, from Raleigh Radio, whose station I can't think of right now. Um, that you could conceivably see a scenario, very plausible, where Virginia gets basically has the best record, conference record since expansion. Um. And basically, this this in the twenty first century, um, and then and then also Virginia not have anybody first team All ACC, and conceivably Kevin Keats steals Coach of the Year. Now I'm not trying to get on a All ACC 
bandwagon. We're going to do that next week. Um, but I just thought it was interesting, the the reaction already around the league to what Virginia's doing. On the one hand, it's like people want to give the Cavaliers credit for being good all the time and then at the same time pretend like they weren't picked um, sixth in the in the preseason voting and also were not unranked. Um I actually saw somebody on Twitter say that that Carolina's that Virginia's 2015 recruiting class, which was Jared Reuter, Mamdi Diakite, for the record, was better than Carolina's, which included two dudes that Virginia wanted. Um, but anyway, I digress. Um, but then, okay, so that's my point. Like, then why, if if that's your argument, if your argument is like, well, actually, UVA has brought in more talent, so you can't make that argument. Then why are you picking them sixth in the preseason and Carolina gets picked second? Yeah, the whole idea was like that, the, that they know. didn't have talent, that they lost too much off last yeah. year's team. There was too much it, uncertainty. And it's like, well, Carolina and Carolina lost a bunch of dudes off a national title team, so it would be it would make sense for you to say like, okay, you know, they might take a step back. And again, in the preseason, we talked about it. I, I said that I thought UVA should have been around fourth or fifth. Um, I didn't think that they'd be first, but I didn't. Th- I thought six was a little low because. UVA usually doesn't doesn't end up that low. I mean, I know they did last year, but last year everything just kind of went wrong for that team down the stretch. But yeah, I mean, you can't you, you can't have it both ways. You can't say like, well, UVA should just be held to the standard as du- of Duke and Carolina because um, you know they are they've been as successful as them in the regular season, which is true. Um, and but if you feel that way, then you shouldn't be then then don't act all skeptical about them until they beat Duke on the road. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of the sense I got around this team. They were like, well, you know, UVA, they're overachieving, but, and they're good, but you know, we'll see what happens when they go to Durham. Then they went there and won. And then it became like, well, of course UVA is good. <laughs> like, you know, so then it, you know, it's just playing both sides, but you know, and, and, and you guys know, I mean, I'm not the type of person that's just going to be like, give UVA all the awards, you know, greatest team ever. Because, you know, we've, you know, we've had our issues with people, you know, UVA Twitter, so to speak. But, I mean, th- I think that argument is, re- like, ludicrous. Um, one last thing on that before we go to uh, which teams are going to go to the tournament. I-, I think it's worth pointing out that, um, that there is a fair number of people who, as we've talked about before, right? You, you can't be a lead until you go to the Final Four. You can't be elite till you win a championship you're not going to get in that club just being good in the ACC but there's a fair group of people who somehow are both like overlooking UVA being good but then also wanting to like ding UVA in any sort of like postseason award scenario for being good so it's weird it's like Ferber was just talking about like the preseason expectation and it's almost like as we look forward like this idea that um that this team which is doing something that has not been done right in this century essentially um that this team is somehow uh, burdened by the past Virginia teams that didn't do as well in March. Now, I, I'm not, cer- I'm certainly not saying that that stuff doesn't matter. It does. But the idea being that, like, well, this doesn't matter because they're going to choke in March anyway, right? How, how does that jibe with, you know, this is a Virginia team that's, that to this point in the season has played an historic level of defense, uh, gotten more offensive weapons, and certainly done some special things, you know, like being number one in the country. Um, they're the only two loss team in the nation. I, I, I just, it's funny to me the way that people sort of um, look over or look past UVA, but then also want to also like somehow give them demerits for, for things that kind of aren't really things in a way. I, I don't know. It's, it's weird how this time of year brings out the, uh, the crazy in college basketball fans and uh, observers alike. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Like I understand the, the argument that they have to do it in March. And at some point, like if they flame out in the tournament this year and losing the second round, I'll be the first person to say that. Um, but with all that said, I mean, each team is different from year to year. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think you can be like, well, this UVA team, I'm just going to not believe in them until they win. I mean, that's fair if you, if you want to have that opinion. But, I mean, Duke lost to South Carolina in the second round last year. I'm not going to just hold that against this team. I mean, I know that they won a national championship a few years ago, but, like, every team's different. Um, and they were – it's not a – it's not a – you can't just speak in absolutes either. Like, 
UVA was five minutes of mediocre basketball away from getting to the the Final Four uh, a few years ago, and even if they had just played mediocre basketball, or and and if you watch that game, it didn't necessarily feel like UVA just threw the game away as much as Syracuse just got red. Yeah, hot, they opened the door you know? and Syracuse walked and in. It, but then it's like if they so if they had won that game by one, like uh, like if they had just stormed back in the final minute and hit two threes and won the game, then like their UVA is a totally different basketball program. Like, uh, you know, it's it doesn't work like that's that. a good point. And, and obviously they'd have a banner up, but you know it it doesn't mean that this job that Tony's done or this team has you know overachieved or underachieved or whatever. So I, I think that they're always going to have that stain on them because there's a few different factors and I don't want to belabor this too much, but you know, I think one of the factors is people don't like UVA style of play. So they're quick to, they're waiting for them to fail so they can say that, you know, it's an indictment of the system that they, they play. Also, I think that, I mean, nationally, obviously you have your detractors, but people just gravitate towards the programs that have proven themselves as winners. I mean, if you think about it, look back to go back to like 2000, how many programs have won the title? Um, Duke, Carolina, Syracuse, Kansas, um, UConn, like there's not that many, um, Villanova. I mean, and, and who is like broken through and won a title? I mean, has anyone, I don't, I don't think so. Um, I mean, Villanova won one in the eighties. So, and Maryland won one obviously, but what I'm saying is like, you know, a lot of teams, they'll, they'll just assume that those teams will stay the king until somebody beats them. I get that. And so I think people, even though UVA has had all this regular season success in the ACC, they say, you know, it's easy for people like the old guard, fans of Carolina and Duke, people that live in that area to go with the narrative of these are still the best programs. UVA is just like kind of gaming the system to win in the regular season, but it doesn't translate to March. And so that's kind of the argument because... People are just reluctant to recognize change. I think that's just the way it is sometimes. Well, let's transition over to talking about the NCAA tournament. Wait, Ferber, do we want to do the um, the tossing out the random teams thing, uh, or do you want to just go? Do you want to just do the talking about which teams are going to make the tournament? We can start with the ACC. Um, okay, let's go. I, I, what I want actually, let's ask Dave. What, what is does Dave, Dave want? want? He hasn't yeah, talked that's right. in a while. Dave, you've been quiet. Let's talk ACC. It's more relevant. Wait, weren't they both ACC questions? I thought, never mind. Okay, here's what we're going to do. I, I'm going to go through the ACC, and we're going to say which teams are in or out. And I'm going to start at the bottom. Well, let's start at the top. Because do we really need to talk about Pittsburgh and Wake Forest and Georgia Tech? Probably not. Okay. I don't think they're going to make it. Um, <laughs> although, wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be something if, like, Kevin Stallings won like nine games of the ACC tournament to get to the, you know, like that would be the craziest thing um, um, that I've ever seen. Like it literally would be the craziest thing uh, I've ever seen. Okay. Um, so here's what we're going to do. Our high intensity uh, breakdown here. So do we think Virginia is getting into the NCAA tournament? Yes or no? Dave? Yeah. yeah okay. Come on, man. <laughs> Duke. Do we think, we think Duke's getting into the NCAA tournament? Um, you can just skip down a few. Hold on, okay, Duke I'm doing. Carolina listen, listen. In. All right, I got the. I'm flying this plane. Okay, Carolina. We assume going to the NCAA tournament. Uh, Clemson. I would say safely in the NCAA tournament. Ferber. Yeah, they're in. They're in. Their 100%. resumes rock okay. solid. They're in. Um. All right. Now we start to get into the fun part. All these like not the other nine and six teams and the eight and seven teams. Virginia Tech, I say yes, but probably wouldn't be a bad idea for them to pick up a winner two more because of their strength of schedule in the non-conference. Am I right about that, Dave? Yeah, I think they need one more win, and they're pretty safe. Um, and they might not even need that win, but one more definitely okay. Ferber? Because they would beat someone really good to get that win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think right now they're safe barring, you know, like a crazy catastrophic loss in the ACC tournament to like a terrible team or something. Like if they lost a pit right. or something. Um, I think they're pretty safe. If they beat Louisville on Saturday, I have no problems calling. You know, they're okay. a lock. Let's let's play a scenario where Tech ends up losing the next three games. Okay, so they go into the uh, ACC tournament. Oh no, that would be terrible. They go to the <laughs> ACC tournament, twenty and eleven, nine and nine. Okay, if they were nine sure. and nine, that would put them. They'd be like the eight or nine okay. seed. Probably. So they would probably play like Florida State. Yeah, or Louisville, or okay. So like let's that. say they Syracuse. lost that game too. 
So let's say they ended the regular season with three losses, and then they lost their first game in the ACC tournament against a, an also ran in the middle of the pack. I still think they're like. I last think the winner. Yeah, they'd you know, still be. They'd be situation. squarely. I on think the they're. Bubble. Assuming like you don't have any big upsets in conference tournament. I think that yeah. the win over UVA what is what gets them in. I mean, personally, yeah. and now listen, Duke. Obviously, I mean that's a home game for them. Um, if they, but I mean, I could totally see Duke smoking them. Um, Miami is an away game. I could see my, I could see him losing that. So it sort of does kind of come down to Louisville and and or a, a win in the ACC tournament. I think they're in, even if they get themselves on the bubble. But it it would be it, it, that's also one of the situations, right, where everything around them impacts them. It's not just uh, you know that, it's not just them in the vacuum. Yeah, I mean, you can't just look at one team in a vacuum. Right. But I feel like if they get another win or two, they're absolutely in, barring like the craziest confluence of events in conference tournaments. All right, NC State is at is nine and six right now. Uh, their schedule down the stretch is let's see, uh, Florida State at home, Georgia Tech on the road, Louisville at home to close. I think I think yeah. State's going to be in. Um, yeah, just don't lose to Georgia Tech. Yeah, yeah, that would be the one. That would be. Although I wonder if they if they won, I guess two home games. Um, again, then they they need to get one of those two at home and then beat Georgia Tech. And I feel like I then think they're, they're getting all they're three. Yeah. yeah, they see. But I'll I mean, if you think about it, a few years ago, a few years ago, UVA missed the tournament as the four seed in the ACC. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, you can't just look at their seed in the ACC and just assume they're in. But they have wins over Duke and Carolina. Carolina win was on the road. Um, they beat Arizona on a neutral am court. I, and I also, so, I mean, I think they're Am I right in, in, in my understanding that the that the committee does not give a single solitary crap about your conference record? Like, they, they worry about... Yeah, that doesn't... That's not Yeah, a they worry about, they like, who at, you played. conference yeah, yeah, they worry about who you played and who you lost to and fun stuff like that, but they don't necessarily care that you were the fourth team in the best conference. Like, they don't care. Yeah, and they yeah. also, like, they're not supposed to look at conference affiliation either. They're not supposed to be like, well, they played in the ACC... Uh, like their their resume says they had the 50th best resume and this team has the 49th but they played in the ACC and this other team played in the you know whatever Bob's Mac. University like they're not supposed to consider okay. that so they're going to be really glad they gave Kevin Keys the car keys that's all I'm saying all right so the so we all agree six teams up six, six teams in so far Florida State at yeah. currently mm-hmm. 19 and 8 8 and 7 uh in the uh, in the league uh, closes the season uh, at NC State. They get at Clemson, and then they get Boston College at home. Got to win one or two of those. They cannot lose to Boston College. Well, yeah, there is that. But yeah, so I still think they need one more. I, yeah. even, a more even more one more beyond no, BC. They got to beat BC and win one of these two games. Or, they got some bad losses. Or get um, the yeah, because that uh, yeah, or that, make a run in the ACC. Uh, and I don't know their resume as well, but they don't. I, I don't remember like a bunch of big wins they got. I know they beat Carolina at home, but that was like two months ago. Their non-conference yeah, schedule was George George Washington, Fordham, Colorado State, Kennesaw State, Citadel, Rutgers, Florida was probably their best win. Um, and Florida's um, a bubble team now. Yeah. Um, the Carolina win probably their biggest of the season. Uh, they have already lost to Boston College once. Um, and Wake. And they, and lost they also lost to, lost to Wake. Um in addition to Notre Oklahoma Dame, State. Um, which housed them, somewhere. dude. Oklahoma State's beaten like everybody though, so that's not that bad yeah. of a loss. Yeah, that's true. I I think they got to go. They got to win one more. Um, probably. I, I mean, they'd be more much more comfortable with two. But I think, I we think all if they kinda, lose that first game in Brooklyn, they're going to be sweating. Yeah, I would agree with that. Especially if especially if they go one uh, one out of three on the let's down the if stretch. they go one and two down the stretch here. Um, let's say they lose at NC State and at Clemson. And they beat BC. I would say they'd be in going into ACC tournament play, and if they lost their first game, they'd be they would be sweating. All right, let's go to yeah. uh, the former uh, NCAA champions of two thousand and what thirteen was that the year they got the banner taken away? Um, Louisville is currently uh, let's see overall eighteen and ten in the league. They're eight and seven. They got to go. To Virginia Tech, they get Virginia at home, and then they got to go to NC State. That's a yeah, rough. It's bad. <laughs> I, and they just played Carolina and Duke back to back. So we're at seven right now with with Florida State. If we think Florida State's in, I don't think Louisville's making them in. No, I think we me can. neither. I think they're nit bound. Yeah, yeah, and you got to wonder if they're close. Like I mean, you, yeah. you can say it doesn't matter, but there's going to be like 
Uh, nah, we're gonna let those boys. Yeah, and I, I honestly think that it's human nature. I honestly think the committee can look at what Louisville's done, and they can say, look, this team. Um, I mean, I don't have their schedule in front of me, but when they went into that Miami game, I think they were like six and two in the conference or something. And since then, they've been trending in the wrong direction, and they've had a lot of chances to earn resume wins. True. Um, they they got Carolina at home. They got UVA on the road. They're going to get UVA at home again. That yeah. would be a huge win for if they beat UVA at home. Then they're, then they're in, in shape. Yeah, but they're, they're, you know they they've had their one. chances. Yeah, they have. Yeah, exactly. They they were in a good spot. They lost a tough road game at Miami in overtime, and then after since then they've just been trending in the wrong direction. They've lost five and of eight. Part of, yeah, and a lot of that's scheduling. I mean, I think they beat like Boston College, Pitt, and somebody else that's bad in that stretch. Georgia. Right. They basically they lost all the bad teams and and excuse me they lost all the good teams and and beat all the bad teams. So right. their wins so are Georgia Tech, Pittsburgh, that, Wake Forest, Boston College. Yeah, and I mean, who? What's their best win this year? I Virginia mean, Tech. Virginia Tech at home. Yeah, that's their. Yeah, best I mean, win they right got now. thrashed by Kentucky. I mean, that's the only other game I really remember them playing. They just they kind of snuck up on people because everybody thought they'd be a dumpster fire, and they lost that early game to Clemson, and everybody was like, "Oh, that's bad." But Clemson ended up being good, so yeah. then everybody's like, "Oh, Louisville might not be bad," and I don't think they're like they're more talented than some of the teams we just named. I think, but. I, I just That's I think they're going to find. I think they're going to be in a situation where the schedule is going to. They have to win in Blacksburg, or they have to win in Raleigh, or beat UVA at least one, and then I think they need to win a game in Brooklyn minimum. But yeah. I would say they're out. I, w- yeah. I don't think they're going to get in. All right, Miami is currently nineteen and eight, eight and seven in the league. Boston College and Coral Gables. They go to Carolina and they close the season with Virginia Tech. They got to be BC, obviously, um, and then I feel like they got to get one more. Um, how do we feel? I personally think they need to win out. I mean, mm. if you go back, like they've been ranked and stuff, but you go, you're talking about a team without a whole lot of like, oh yeah, that's a good win. There's I mean, a whole lot of bu- yuck in there. Yeah, there's just a there's just a bunch of confusion. I lost to New Mexico State doesn't season. help them. Well, New Mexico State's Losing actually pretty Tech. good, but. Their signature non-conference win was supposed to be Minnesota because Minnesota was yeah. ranked like 10th when they played them. And yeah. Minnesota yeah. is awful. Outside the top 100 in Kempom right now. Yeah, they're just absolutely terrible now. I would so say then like that, that Miami's best win is, what, Florida State at home? Is it? Yeah. Honestly, you could make a yeah. case that Middle Tennessee State on a neutral is their best win. That's a oh, ranked team. That's a good point. Uh, I think. But that's, I mean, that's not a, this isn't a resume that I'm like, oh, yeah, put them in. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think without without winning out, they're a bubble team, and so if you're a bubble team, I can't say you're anything. It's too many variables right now. All right, so we think my. I think if they beat Virginia Tech and BC, they have a shot because I think Virginia Tech will be looked at as a bona fide tournament team by then. But well, then that it's but gonna that, be it's gonna be like if Miami and Florida State end up playing in Brooklyn, it's gonna be like winner goes home or yeah. winner is in and losers out. Well, this is the fun scenario, right? Because Miami plays Virginia Tech in the last game. So let's say tech goes into that game, having lost to Louisville and having lost to Duke, right? They're a very different team in that game for Miami, right? Than they are if they pick up a win or, or God forbid, win both of those, right? Like there, that's a very different sort of potential like win for Miami in that game, depending on what tech does before they get there. Yeah. Um, and I mean, if Bruce Brown, like what's his deal is, can he come back? Like, I don't even I think yeah, he I think, like has a chance to come back. Yeah, I think yeah, I think they're expecting him back. It's just so a question of when. That that can be taken into consideration as well. So if he let's say he comes back in Brooklyn and they like win a game and then lose in the quarterfinals or something, like they could the tournament committee can take into consideration that they played you know eight games without him or whatever. Yeah, he had foot surgery. It was expected to miss the rest of the regular season, so he right. conceivably would be back for the NCAA tournament uh, in three weeks. So, all right, so we've got. Seven in, if we count Florida State. Two out with Louisville and Miami unless some, some things happen. I guess Syracuse is really the only other team we need to talk about. Uh, Syracuse is at 18 and 10. Um, the Orange are currently 7 and 8 in the league. They close the season at Duke, at Boston College, and then they get uh, Clemson to come to the Carrier Dome. Um, I would, I think Syracuse, with because of Bayheim, if they, if obviously if they went out, they're in. Um, well, maybe not. Obviously, they probably need to win out and get one more in the ACC tournament, 
because, I mean, the the Duke game obviously would be a big one for them because it's on the road. Um, Clemson at home um, is still a, a nice win for them. Their sched- their resume is not that impressive. Um, Maryland it's might terrible. be their best win right now. Um, uh, I mean, their problem is is that Louisville sucks because I mean, excuse me, Louisville has fallen off. Because if Louisville wasn't bad, I mean, they, I guess they, they still do have that win uh, over Virginia Tech, which I guess helps them. Um, Georgetown playing a little bit better, but not any, not really good. Um, so yeah, there's not a lot else there. They really need to. They really need to. I don't see it. I, I mean, I when you've got like well, they yeah, they have six ACC wins now, seven. Right? They're seven, seven, eight. seven. But two of their wins mm-hmm. are against Pitt, so they got five, and then he's they lost they to Georgia five. Tech. <laughs> So. Well, I mean, for a resume standpoint, he's kind of right. That's like a quadrant four win. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's playing. It's playing Grambling. That's what that is. That's pretty bad, but it is. Um, yeah, I mean, even though if you got seven ACC wins, there's not really a whole lot of impressive ones in it, which is hard the thing, to do. Like, if you watch Syracuse, I think like you see the talent. Like they have guys, and they don't have enough of them because they're they don't have any depth. And since, uh, oh man, who was it that got hurt? Oh, that's gonna kill me. Who? What are we talking and about? Dolajai had to start playing. Uh, Matt uh, Moyer. Yeah. yeah oh no no so Howard Dolezal, Wa- the, uh, the Washington kid. Yeah. So Dolajai started playing, and when he's on the court, you're like, all right, they're playing with four guys, like a one guy that's just not quite there yet, and then they don't have a bench. But you watch the games. Like I watched some of that game last night against Carolina, and they have talent, and they're in these games, but they just haven't won enough of them. Mm. And I think you know Jay Billis has always subscribed to this point, and I agree with him. He says, you know, it's it, anybody can lose to a good team, but who did you beat? You know, like, who, which teams have you actually beaten? And I don't think they have enough wins. Yeah, I would agree with that. So we think seven from the league with – I feel like it feels like a game of spades. Seven with a, with a, with a possible three. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that – I think one of those bubble one of those teams three is going to get mentioned, in. like Miami, like Syracuse would have to do a lot. So, um, and then who was the other in Florida State? Yeah. I think one of those three gets in because I mean, like we've had years where we wrote teams off, like Syracuse a couple of years ago, and yeah. other teams. True that, and they end up getting in. So. And let's be honest, of the of the group uh, of the kind of like things that seem to work this time of year, having three dudes you can spread the floor and dribble drive is not a bad thing, right? I mean, like Syracuse between Howard uh, Battle and uh, Brissett, like they they can do some stuff that can mess you up if you're not careful. Um, which is probably why they, you know, played their way back into that game last night. Um, so we think seven, eight, eight feels like the right number of teams that get in, at least as of now. We feeling, we feeling eight. That's if I was betting, that's question, probably can, what I would bet. Like, can Boston College get in? No. Like, well, if they see, went out. I mean, they went out. They have as good of a resume. Well, okay, as like let's Syracuse talk about Boston does. College. They they yeah, finished the year at Miami, Syracuse at home, and at Florida State. The problem that they have is that they would have to win out, and I think they'd have to win two in the ACC tournament. Well, see, I mean, if they went out, they beat Syracuse, which is right, which be basically not. I mean, theoretically, they yeah, could get wins there and basically kick themselves up the ladder. Uh, you know, if this was like a game of Survivor, right? Yeah, I mean, they Miami, Miami yeah, Syracuse, Florida State, all teams like on the what you know amounts to the bubble in the ACC. And also, the thing is, Boston College. I mean, if they win out, then they probably won't be in this situation. But you can almost look at their poor ACC record as an advantage when it comes to getting more wins. Mm. Because the way that the ACC tournament breaks down this year, if you're like in the 6-7 seed range, 10 seed range, I don't think you're making it to the semis. Like, Duke and Carolina are on a tear right now, and UVA is what UVA is. So the only way I see maybe some upsets are are coming through that 4-5 area of the bracket where like Clemson or NC State or whoever is. So I, I, I have a like a tough time, like let's say Miami is the seven seed, they can beat um, Boston College or something in that first game, but I don't think they're going to beat Duke. Like I just don't see how that happens. And in other years, there was a path forward. Right. And I just like you could you could get to the you could get to the semis or you could get to the quarterfinals because the bracket shakes out a certain way. But this year, the top three teams are really strong, and I think that fourth the fourth seed, the way the bracket shakes out. It's going to be like NC State, Clemson, Virginia Tech, or something like that. And then two of those teams, you know, one will be the four and one will be the five. And then the five will play the winner of 12-13, which will be like Notre Dame and Wake or 
Georgia Tech and Wake or something. I don't know. It's going to be like two bad teams. So I, I, one of those teams isn't going to make a run. Except unless maybe like people you know think seem to think Notre Dame's gonna make a run, but um, I I just don't see like if you're gonna have to win if you're on the bubble and you're in that six seven eight nine ten range of the ACC seeding you're gonna have to win that first game against a like a a similar team to what you are. So if you're Miami, you're gonna have to beat Florida State, or if you're you know if you're who else Syracuse you're gonna have to beat Louisville or something like that and then I guess you can roll the dice against Duke Carolina Virginia whatever but I don't like your chances so and yeah that's not a bad loss if you lose the game but you know it's gonna be hard to like make a run to make up for what you do down the stretch in the regular season yeah and and those bubble teams not to go one layer further but if Notre Dame does manage to somehow you know they should win their next two, so they're going to have to beat UVA at UVA on senior day to, to finish 9-9. Nine and nine. But if they finish 9-9 nine and nine, they have Colson coming back, then they're they're on the top of the – like at least towards the top of the heap of bubble teams in the ACC just because of the way the tournament committee right. is going to look at Yeah, and they would back. still need to do something um, with him, like in Brooklyn. And yeah, they would. Because they they they're still going to be like the 10 seed, even if they get to like 8-10, and 9-9. Nine and eight, nine and nine. Mm-hmm. Like let's say they lose to UVA, but – Colson comes back, they look a little better. They end up as like the ten seed. They'll get pit in the first game. That's an automatic win. And then you're gonna get like you get the seven seed, which would be another team that you can beat. It's gonna be like Miami or Louisville or Virginia Tech or something. You win that game, then you can make a case. You can say like, all right, we're trending in the right direction. And then you get do you get a real opportunity if you get like Duke or Carolina or something in that quarterfinal game, but. I just, I just don't see I think them they almost have past, to be. I don't they see have them to be winning like multiple yeah. games because I feel like he's not going to play that much. I just think they have to. <laughs> yeah, I think they have to beat UVA just because they're going to. On that scenario, you just played out. If if they were to get to, so they'd be eight and ten in the ACC regular season. They beat Wake. I think they play Wake next, and then they play Pitt. So they would have beaten Pitt twice. To get wins, like I don't think that matters. Yeah, so, and then, so, yeah, and then you, yeah, you yeah, look almost at, have yeah, to you would Virginia. have to beat Pitt twice in a week, and that that just doesn't even matter. Like, um, and then Wake yeah. is almost in that That's category right. now. Wait, so it's like, on, wait, let's not leave Notre Dame yet because I, I actually think this is somewhat fascinating. So when Colson got hurt and and he played the first thirteen games of the season, they were ten and three. Okay, uh, they still had lost obviously to, to Michigan State. They lost a head scratcher to Ball State. Which even with in Indiana, and which Indiana, is bad. right? They have wins uh, out of conference, um, LSU uh, and Wichita State, but otherwise, uh, and let's assume they would have to win out. So that obviously means a, a win over UVA. But e- so they would have a UVA win. Uh, they've beaten. So then think about like kicking other ACC teams off the bubble. Florida State, they got to win over them. Uh, they have one win over North Carolina State at home. They did beat Syracuse. They beat Syracuse without Colson. But it's that it's that six game losing streak in the middle of the season. Sorry, seven game losing streak in the middle of the season. Like I would think they'd have to win three, and then they have to win at least two in the ACC tournament, and then hope that that basically because of who they've beaten in the ACC tournament, it kicks somebody else off the bubble. And then they take the injury into consideration. And then, yeah, then they, right. And then you're hoping that Colson I mean, going is, into the Miami game, going into the Miami game on Monday, uh, Lenardi had them like eight spots off the bubble, right? Not even on the bubble. Like he had them like 60th or something, and only like like the 48th team gets the last spot or something like that. And then they lost to Miami, so like they are really gonna have to make some noise. All right, do we want to um? So we, what are we saying? Seven, and then one of those bubble teams will get in. So it's eight. Yeah, I mean, if I had to bet my money on like one of Florida State, Miami, and Syracuse, I'd bet on Miami. Um, but I think Florida State is just as capable of like making. I, I think their regular season schedule is kind of tough down the stretch. But I mean, they have that BC game. They have to go to Clemson and to NC State. Um, I think they can get a win in Brooklyn and then maybe give somebody a game in the quarterfinals. I mean, you saw they played UVA well. They beat Carolina. They they put 93 up on Duke at Duke. So, I mean, they can they can play with good teams. It's just going to come down to whether or not they can get a win. I like eight, and, and, I'll, and I'll say eight with a caveat that either Notre Dame, BC, or Syracuse get in somehow. One of those three will sneak in. 
Interesting. You could win some money on a parlay. I was say, man, you need to get yourself to Vegas. Um, I think if one of those gets in, it's going to be Syracuse. But, I mean, Notre Dame is like the wild card just because they have the most talent and uh, probably the best coach. Um, sorry, Jim Beheim. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I think – yeah, I don't. I don't see how Boston College gets in. They would take like they would just have to do a lot. Like they're not even in the conversation right now. Um, so let's let's finish up this week with fists out of the ball. Our fa- our favorite new segment. Uh, Ferber per- <laughs> tossed out the possibility of if this year's Pitt team played the 2016 Boston College team that also went 0 and 18 in the ACC and then lost uh, its initial game in the ACC tournament by a whopping 22 points. Uh, if they yeah, to- and then Dennis Clifford had said after the game that his favorite memory of Boston College basketball was going out to eat with his teammates. God, that's the saddest <laughs> thing I've ever heard, man. That is so sad. Oh, he, he also was yeah. crying, which makes it's it not worse. sad because oh. no one on the Pittsburgh team is going to say that. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, my my lifelong bond with my coach that I love, <laughs> who totally didn't hate uh, this season and probably will get fired. Okay, so let's revisit. I mean, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on this. Uh, Eli Carter was the main baller on that squad. Um, Dennis Clifford, the aforementioned. Jerome Robinson actually was on that team. Uh, yeah, some of these guys that are on the team now were just like freshmen that didn't play much. Um, actually, I think he's the only one I'm seeing whose name looks familiar. Okay. A.J. Turner yeah. was on that team. Whatever happened to A.J. Turner? Oh, wow. A.J. He Turner. Had to give up. He was a transfer. No, he played as a freshman and then a sophomore. Dude, I keep thinking he's A.J. Turner, the running no. back that went to South Carolina. Yeah, that's a different dude. <laughs> uh, interesting. Oh, that dude definitely transferred, right? Yeah, but he's not he, He's not Turner. playing anywhere, though, because he doesn't have any other stats in Ken Palm. Um, Garland Owens. Um, oh, my God, that was a bad team. Yeah, they're pretty bad. All right, check this out. I can't even name people on Pitt, though. Like, I don't even know their I names. I know there was that one dude with the hyphen, right? Wilson, Wilson Frame. Frame. That's it. That's, that's the all only I, dude that's I know. That's all I have. And then Parker Stewart. Yeah, that's the only. That's all. Yeah, that's that's it. Um, Cam Johnson, I guess. Like, if you want to count him, he's playing. Just not for Pitt. <laughs> Let me see. Uh, oh, the one dude, Milligan or Mulligan or whatever his name is. All right, hold on. So there's Wilson Frame, which is a great name, Jared Wilson Frame. Uh, there's Marcus Carr, Parker Stewart, Jonathan Milligan. Uh, the Luther kid who got hurt. Yeah, he, he played ten games this year, but apparently he's coming back next year, right? Um, Cameron Davis, uh, Kenny Chukwu, uh, some kid named Terrell Brown. Their normal lineup is Carr at the point, Davis at the shooting guard, Stewart at the strong forward, Stevenson, Sh- Sh- Shamil Stevenson at the uh, power forward. And Terrell Brown without I mean, dang Wilson Wilson Frame's not even like wait, does he not start? Oh man, I thought he started. Yeah, I mean I have to do the preview for tomorrow and I I need to really do some <laughs> research on this. Team it could be the probably the shortest preview in the history of previews. Well, it's like every time I've watched them play, it's been like, Oh god, they're down thirty. <laughs> like and then you're not even like paying attention to who has the ball. You're just like, Oh, this is bad. Like um, the only reason I know Wilson Freeman and Parker Stewart is because the names are easy to remember. But all right, so that that Boston College team nationally was 320th uh, in adjusted offensive efficiency and 100 and uh, 100th in uh, defensive efficiency. They were 343rd in offensive rebound percentage and 350th in free throws attempted uh, per game. Uh, I've never seen a team with that much red. Um, even even Pittsburgh's not that bad. Uh, they're only 283rd, which is a whopping 40-some spots uh, ahead of them nationally. Uh, they get to the line a little bit more. I think this Pitt team would beat them. Uh, I think that, that eight, that, that's 2016, unless, we're, unless we think that Jerome Robinson would have, like, you know, leveled up and all of a sudden become good. Uh, yeah, I mean, freshman. I'm looking at it now, and I, I, I didn't. Re- I guess I forgot how bad this BC team was. Um, I'm looking at it like, what's their best win? Harvard? They beat Harvard. Well, they only won a whopping uh, seven times all season. They won seven, games, and none of them, none of them happened after. in the year 2016. They all came in 2015. Yeah, their last win was a their last win was a home overtime win over. Yeah, New they Hampshire. beat New Hampshire in overtime by seven. <laughs> but yeah, so they lost to. They lost to Maine. Or excuse me, they beat Maine by 31. 
They beat. They had a four-game winning streak, <laughs> and then they lost the next 18, 19 games, eighteen, nineteen games in a row. Wow. Yeah, suck it, Maine. Oh, this is this is yeah. great. Okay. So they won their their first three games. Then they lost their next six games, including a loss to UMass Lowell. For the record, um, yeah. Which, I remember spoiler that. alert: I remember is not happened, Division One. Was like, oh. Um, then yeah, they are now. Then though. they put it back together and got one four in a row, and then they lost nineteen in a row. That was a that was mm-hmm. a game of runs, man. All right, yeah. I, I got. I'm looking at Pitt, I'm looking at Pitt now. UC Santa Barbara, I believe, is a projected tournament team. They beat them by eight. Like, um, there's nothing else here. Like they beat their other their best win. Ken Palm is that one, and then they beat Towson by four at home. <laughs> this is bad. Like, how did how did what happened to Pitt? Uh, bad things. Yeah, as long, bad things, Mikey. As long bad as things. Kevin Stallings is coaching that pit team, I'm taking Boston College. Like, I don't know, man. Just Dep- yeah. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about the head coaching battle. Who was it, Steve Donahue, or was Christian? Uh, uh, Christian yeah. was. There. It doesn't matter. I mean, it could be just like a dude from the stand sitting there. I think if you're Christian's actually Kevin not Stallings. that bad. Yeah, I think he's pretty good. Christian's actually okay, and he just he has nothing to work with yet. Well, but I mean, now he does. does. Yeah. The ACC was much better top to bottom in sixteen. You know. Than it is this year. So, I mean, you had what? Number three, Carolina, number four, Virginia, number 10, Miami, number 16, Louisville, number 19, Duke. Notre Dame was in there 11 to 7. Tech won 10 games. Clemson won 10 games. Um, it was a little bit deeper. But I, I just, this yeah. Pitt team I mean, is just so at, dysfunctional, man. Just so many levels. If I think the Pitt team would be more likely to, and this is why I think I would probably, I would think I would maybe take Boston College, is because I feel like the Pitt team would be much less likely to care. <laughs> like I feel like the Boston College team would try, and I don't know if the Pitt team would try. I I know Pitt will try against Virginia on Saturday because Virginia is number one and it's Senior Day, but and I don't even know if they have any seniors. Um, but <laughs> I think that they'll 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 give everything they have in that game. But I don't think they would give anything about against Boston College. <laughs> I mean, we could have literally made up like ten names, and that's true. Told people we could have thrown in some random. No one, yep. no one would have called us. That's out. true. I mean, if you look at their scores from this year, like they lost by 30 to Duke. They lost by 26 to Louisville. They lost by 25 to Duke in the other game. Duke got to play them twice, so I don't ever want to hear about unbalanced anything I feel, this season. I feel like we should insert um, that gif of uh, from the Simpsons when the dude says he's already dead because we're, <laughs> we're just killing these poor teams. Spoken. All right, I vote I vote that Pitt would win. Dave, you, you vote for that Boston I'm College. I'm taking Boston okay. College. Ferber, yeah. break the tie. I'm going Boston right. College. Well, Boston College. But I can tell you one damn thing. I wouldn't want to watch that game. Oh, I would, I would watch it, but I'm, I, I would be, I would be all in on it. I'd, well, you know what's funny is we can, we can settle this right now because that one site has a game simulation. Oh thing. yeah. All right. Well, as we, as I, let me, let yeah. me, t- let me promo the stuff. I'm literally pulling. Please it up tell right me it now, crashes so that site. Talking. Please tell me it crashes. All right, I'm gonna promo the stuff and then you'll come back at the end and and we'll we'll you'll tell me who won. Okay. Uh, this is going to be a good place to put a pin in it. I want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show as always. If you are someone who came to the podcast um, through the site, I appreciate your continued uh, support of Cavs Corner and feel free to uh, look us up on the uh, Apple Podcast app um, or wherever it is that you, uh, maybe if you have an Android phone, um, go in, even though you might listen to the to the podcast on the site, uh, going in there and reviewing the, uh, the show helps us out. Uh, if you're somebody who came to the podcast without coming to the site, give us a look uh, at CavsCorner.com. We've got um, flowing sort of updates on um, football recruiting right now, even some some hoops recruiting stuff uh, in the last day or so. Obviously, team coverage as well as uh, what upcoming coverage from Brooklyn. Ferber and I will both be there. So um, appreciate uh, you giving us a consideration. All right, Ferber, who, who won in the uh, – who 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 won in the simulation here? Give me just one. Uh, now he needs me to fill time. Uh, I, I guess uh, I'm almost there, dude. <laughs> he's so close. <laughs> the computer's he expected like no. to land the plane. <laughs> I we I just told the pit players that if they win, then uh, Kevin Stallings is fired. So they right. so they are playing hard. Yeah. Uh, All right. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. You ready? Come on, on, Pitt. Give me something here. Come on, Pitt. Make Brad look smart. I kind of want to see the play. I want to see the play-by-play. No, you play. don't. We're not reading the play-by-play. Play. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> For- 
Oh, oh no. no. Oh god, what happened? <laughs> oh no. The score is amazing. It, I'm definitely sending it to you so you can make it the picture when you send out the podcast. Can, can wait, can we It's can, I kind of like want to guess. guess? <laughs> is it like 38? It's pretty is it low. Like 38 to 41. No, that's not far off. It is 4834. Oh College. no. Oh my god. Oh well. That's, they won that's up to 14. Boston College finally gets off to Schneid. It's like 33%, man. That's just big. Dave has this whole I guess we should have you explained that on a podcast yet? Dave now he doesn't do Yeah, we talked He about doesn't it do uh losses by number of points, he does it by percentage of points. Also, it's it's worth mentioning, though, Brad, in your defense, that in the average game sim... Oh, my God, I hope people aren't doing this. The average simulation of this game, the average score is Pittsburgh 57.5, Boston College 56. Wow. Oh, wait, are you doing this but on... in this uh, specific simulation... Are you doing this on Pence's site? NCAAGameSim.com. Check it out. So Pitt, so Pitt wins the average simulation, but the one I did is better. 48-34 final. Boston College wins. Dennis Clifford finally gets to go out. Does it have stats? After a win. <laughs> See, you can set it up to where like it gives you the game by the pre, like the whole shebang. It gives you like a box wow. score and everything. All right. For the, anybody who is still listening, uh, yeah, for, seriously, thank you for very much for your, uh, for your support. Um, but I just want to leave. I want to end on this note. I love the idea, right, that that site has some sort of uh, a report card or whatever, right, so that they, the people who run the site can see, like, who, you know, what, what folks are doing, and that you just did that is going to make some report, and there's, like, a meeting of these people, and they're like, some guy on Thursday night simmed 2016 Boston College against current Pitt. And that they think that's that that's like they're gonna I, I in my my little scenario here they hunt Ferber down just to ask him why they're like find the cookies and figure out where he lives and send him an email and they're like hey man we just really gotta know why did you do this um, yeah. because it's like I should be flagged right by exactly the FBI like you or like, like you just inadvertently search for a bunch of names of chemicals that make bombs um, all right <laughs> thank you again to everybody out there for continuing to support the show thanks to Dave and Ferber for giving graciously of their their time as always uh, really appreciate you guys being on the show so until next week uh, for David Spence and Justin Ferber and Brad Franklin publisher of calvescorn.com thanks for coming out we'll see you soon <laughs>